Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us at the Provincial Emergency Coordination Center uh, for today's update regarding the Alberta wildfires. Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services Mike Ellis will begin today's update, followed by an update from Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency and Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire. We also have officials from Alberta Education and Alberta Energy to answer any technical questions. I'll now turn it over to Minister Ellis to begin today's availability. Well, thank you very much, Colin, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. I recognize that this continues to be an extremely stressful time for many Albertans. Uh, we're doing all that we can to help ensure that you and your loved ones are safe, supported in this extremely difficult time, which has impacted all of your communities. I know there have been some lower temperatures this week and even some rain in a few areas. And though this is uh, always good news, uh, people shouldn't take this as permission to let their guard down. That's particularly true uh, as the province heads into the warmer and drier period again with, uh, of course, above normal temperatures uh, through this weekend and into next week. Officials uh, and wildfire experts are watching these conditions closely and crews are ready to respond. And thank you again to all the first responders who are working day and night to protect Albertans uh, and their property uh, throughout this emergency. So let's help those efforts by making sure to avoid any activity that might start new fires or make current ones even worse. In regards to the military, on the subject of resources, I can confirm that the Canadian Armed Forces is sending approximately 300 soldiers to help with wildfire suppression, mop-up operations, and basic firefighting duties. We will also be looking at opportunities uh, where their aircraft and engineering support can be used. Units will deploy to the Grand Prairie, Fox Creek, and Drayton Valley areas soon, so Albertans will see movement on roads and in the air as some forces uh, and equipment are positioned into place. And while crews are battling the blazes, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency continues to coordinate with impacted communities and supporting agencies to help those impacted by these fires. In regards to the Red Cross donations, uh, today we announced that the Government of Canada and the Government of Alberta uh, will uh, each match every dollar donated to the Canadian Red Cross 2023 Alberta Fires Appeal. That means that every dollar donated, uh, this will become $3 to support those affected by the wildfires. So anyone wishing to make a financial donation uh, to the 2023 Alberta Fires Appeal can do so online at redcross.ca or by calling 1-800-418-1111. So that's online at redcross.ca or by calling 1-800-418-1111. In regards to evacuee payments, uh, a few days ago, we also announced a one-time emergency financial assistance to residents uh, who have been forced to evacuate due to these wildfires. Uh, more than 6,500 uh, applications have been received so far. Uh, $2 million uh, in e-transfers have been sent to evacuees and 77,000 in debit cards uh, have been distributed. I want to remind evacuees that if you are unable to receive an e-transfer, uh, debit cards are available at the 16 Alberta Support Centre locations. Cards will also be issued at the Edmonton and Calgary Evacuation Centres. Uh, in regards to schools, um, I also want to take a moment to provide an update on schools uh, that have been impacted by wildfires. Over the course of uh, the evacuations, uh, 68 schools were closed, affecting more than 13,600 students. This, of course, uh, 
a necessary step for safety, but I also recognize that this is really disruptive for students and parents and, of course, all the school staff. Uh, as of this morning, uh, 40 schools have reopened uh, with about 7,600 students uh, able to return to class, which, of course, is good news. There are still uh, 28 schools that are uh, closed at this time, affecting just over 6,000 students. And we're going to keep you updated as things uh, continue to change. In regards to utilities, I also want to reassure Albertans that provincially, Alberta's grid is operating reliably, permit reliably, and there is sufficient generation to meet demand. However, infrastructure damage continues to be assessed, and uh, some sites uh, have temporarily lost power uh, or natural gas, uh, largely in evacuated communities. Crews are on the ground and, and working to restore services where conditions do allow. Connecting homes and businesses back to electricity and gas is part of each community's reentry plan. The situation, of course, is very fluid, and uh, when residents return to their communities, they can expect that uh, work will be underway to reconnect them as quickly as possible if it hasn't already occurred. Ensuring residents have the power in affected communities before reentry occurs is crucial, and local authorities are working closely with utility companies uh, on this. In the coming days, uh, they will continue to assess the damage, uh, triage, uh, prioritize uh, any critical needs in conjunction with the authorities, and restore power and gas as quickly as possible to any sites that have lost it. In conclusion, I must reiterate that the situation does remain extremely volatile, uh, particularly with rising temperatures this weekend, and I'd like to once again ask Albertans to uh, listen to their local officials and obey any evacuation orders that you may receive. Follow the Alberta Emergency Alert app and website and local municipality for evacuation information and available services. And there is great information and resources on alberta.ca. So please, everyone, stay safe out there. Uh, I'd like to thank you very much. Uh, and I would like to now to invite uh, Colin Blair to provide an update from Alberta Emergency Management uh, to say a few words. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency, and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre remains at a level four. In addition to the provincial State of emergency, there are 19 states of local emergency as well as four banned council resolutions and 12 evacuation orders are in place. This morning, the County of Grand Prairie updated its evacuation order for some residents in the area. For full details, residents should visit the Grand Prairie Regional Emergency Partnership website at gprep.ca. At this time, the estimated number of evacuees is 16,470. This is from a high of 31,000 evacuees several days ago. There are 15 reception centres, and those who have evacuated should take the time to register at the nearest reception centre or online. Registering will make it easier for us to help get resources to evacuees, and it makes it easier for us to reach residents with important information. For those who are in a community that's on an evacuation alert, be prepared in case you are asked to evacuate. Pack important medication and documents and enough food and supplies for a minimum of three days. And people should make plans for their pets. 
We've heard from concerned people who have had to leave their pets behind. If you've left a pet and you need someone to check on it, please contact the SPCA at 1-800-455-9003. I know there are a lot of questions from residents about when they can return their, to their communities. The timing of re-entry is very dependent on the status of wildfires in the area, and many remain out of control. I realize it's stressful for people to be away from their homes, but these orders will remain in place until we know it's safe. Evacuation orders are not made lightly and are in place to protect people. People should not return to their homes unless their local authorities have given them the go-ahead. Remember that the province remains in a highly volatile and rapidly changing environment. That's particularly true with the rising temperatures in the forecast this weekend. Albertans need to remain vigilant. It's important that all Albertans stay connected with their local authorities. So I ask you to download the Alberta Emergency app to get alerts and important information directly to your mobile phones. These are just a few updates, but a comprehensive list is available for all affected communities online. We are continuing to work very closely with local officials in all affected communities to get personnel, resources and equipment where they are needed. Finally, I would like to remind evacuees of another telephone town hall tonight at 7.30 p.m. Thank you, and I would like to turn things over to Christy from Alberta Wildfire for more information on the situation. Thank you, Colin. There are currently 82 wildfires in the forest protection area of Alberta. 23 of those fires are out of control. So far this year, we've had 426 wildfires that have burned 443,000 hectares. As anticipated, we are already seeing temperatures climbing in the province, particularly in the north. And while we have seen rain and cooler temperatures, which have allowed us to make progress on many wildfires, we've also experienced thunderstorms with lightning, which can ignite new ones. And as we dry out across the province, we will be on high alert as to how the warm weather could affect these new and ongoing wildfires. Today, we have more than 1,500 Albertans working on wildfires in the province. That includes firefighters, incident management teams, and Alberta wildfire staff. We're also working directly with municipalities and their own emergency services. And there are 284 firefighters from outside the province helping us out. We're also welcoming the Canadian Armed Forces to the fight today. Around 200 troops have been deployed around the province. Half from the Princess Patricia Canadian Light Infantry are positioned in Grand Prairie County. The rest from Combat One Engineer Regiment have been sent to Drayton Valley. Over the weekend, another 100 reserve soldiers will be deployed where they're needed. These forces will be assisting with basic firefighting, including the sustained action work that's needed to actually put the fires out. The Royal Canadian Air Force has also positioned four helicopters and a fixed-wing aircraft, which will help with assessments of the fire situation and the transportation of troops and equipment. Please remember, the risk of wildfire is still high in the province, and with hot temperatures and wind expected this weekend, it will continue to increase. 
For the very latest on this changing situation, please always visit the Alberta Wildfire Status page, which will tell you all the details of wildfires as they develop and wildfires of note. We can take questions now. Thank you. We're going to go to media in the room first. Uh, there is a microphone. Uh, we have Minister Mike Ellis, uh, Colin Blair from the AEMA, and Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire, and we also have officials from Alberta Education and Alberta Energy. Um, one question, one follow-up. Please state your name and outlet, and please try to keep topics on uh, questions on topic. Go ahead. Hi, it's uh, Nicole from CTV News. Uh, with the hot and dry conditions on the way, is your biggest concern new fires or current fires getting bigger? And how are you preparing? Uh, new fires are always uh, a risk. And when we're looking at our provincial priorities, uh, new starts is number one. Because we know that when we can attack a fire before it gets too big and powerful, then we have a greater chance of extinguishing it quickly. Obviously, the, some of the long-term uh, fires that we have been dealing with for the last couple of weeks here in the province are going to be a concern because it's more difficult to take that power away from them. Certainly, the conditions we've seen in the last few days have helped a significant amount, and we've seen low fire activity, which we've, means we've been able to make a lot of progress on those. But uh, a wind gust will have a significant impact on a wildfire. Um, and that's what can turn one of those smaller new starts into a larger fire very quickly. It can also uh, wake up a fire that has been um, showing low activity because of cooler temperatures. So we are certainly keeping an eye largely at where the conditions are going to be around the province. We're ensuring that we have resources that we need. We certainly are in a, a very good position at the moment with the additional help that we've received from our partners outside the province, as well as from uh, the Canadian Armed Forces as well. So we are, uh, we are certainly as prepared as we, we can be going into this weekend. We have a lot of uh, factors that our firefighters and planners are going to be looking at so that we know that we have everyone positioned in just the right place. I know when you look at the uh, fire hazard map, obviously the northern parts of the province are the most red. Can you talk about maybe specific communities you're watching, though? Certainly. We do have uh, uh, prioritized uh, communities uh, because of, of the community, the people affected, uh, the location and the fire behavior that we're, we're looking at. Um, a lot of those communities are further up north at the moment. We're certainly keeping um, a, a, a very careful eye and working very hard uh, to contain wildfires uh, in the vicinity of Rainbow Lake. Uh, in Fox Lake is still high on our priority list. Obviously, Sturgeon Lake, Cree Nation, the uh, Sturgeon Lake complex uh, around there, and the Deep Creek complex, which is around the Evansburg and Twistle uh, Wildwood area. Those are all very high on our list. Uh, those are uh, fires that we are still working very hard to contain quickly. All right. So, oh. so Colin, yep. Colin, sorry, maybe could we get... Uh... Colin Blair to supplement there. I just think it's important uh, for everyone to know that uh, we are constantly uh, assessing and reassess reassessing uh, many, many times a day, whether it be the risk to the public, of course, uh, or uh, for those who've been evacuated uh, in uh, seeing what the, the risk is in order to maybe help get them back into their homes. So these evaluations are constantly happening several times a day. And maybe Colin can uh, provide just a little bit more detail as the types of assessments that are going on on a regular basis. 
Yeah, thanks, Minister. So for every one of the affected uh, communities in the province that uh, has seen evacuations, there are uh, emergency operation centres. Those centres uh, bring together uh, key people, uh, not only from the municipality, but also from wildfire, as well as service providers. They are constantly assessing the situation in their local area. Their first priority, of course, is to the local wildfire and uh, doing everything they can to prevent that from breaching community lines or if they're in community lines, dealing with it. Uh, once they've got the situation safe, uh, they're looking at life safety, they're looking at infrastructure, uh, and of course they're all constantly communicating, communicating with the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre. So if a municip municipality, a First Nation, a Métis settlement is looking for additional support, assistance, all of that is being funneled back to the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre where we are doing everything that we can to provide the resources, the support, the expertise to assist them as they deal with the situation within their community. Perfect. Thanks, Colin. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines now. Um, operator, could you please put through the first caller? Michael King, Global News. Hi there. Uh, looking for any official who wants to comment on this, but uh, we know that many Albertans will be heading out across the province to take advantage of the warmer weather. What's your message to those visiting recreational sites or campsites over the weekend? Thank you. Um, we do still have a fire ban in place and an off-highway vehicle restriction in place in, in many parts of the province. So I would certainly recommend that um, Albertans play their part and help prevent any further wildfires, particularly as we're seeing these warm conditions uh, coming up on the weekend. Um, you know, far be it from us to to say that Albertans don't enjoy spending time outdoors. We all do. And that's why we want their help in helping to keep our, our forest green and prevent wildfires. So please check albertafirebans.ca before anyone goes out into the forest and see what kind of restrictions are in place. Uh, we don't uh, put restrictions and bans on uh, lightly. We do them to help protect Albertans and to be able to focus our resources on fighting fires that are out there on the landscape right now. Do you have a follow-up question? Can you also yeah. speak to possible? Uh, yeah, can you also speak to the possible false sense of security some might feel in areas where we've seen a bit of rain over the last couple of days? Um, a little rain is is something that I have heard many people. Uh, on the street say that they're grateful for, and so are we. Uh, we have certainly taken advantage of the relief on the activity of wildfires, but firefighters have, have not taken a break, and that is because we have been busy using this time to gain as much ground as we possibly can because we know conditions can change quickly. Uh, anyone who has had a campfire and seen how a, a gust of wind can blow spark or or a chunk of uh, of coal or or uh, sparks up into the air um, can know how quickly a, a wind can can adjust or change the nature of a fire. So uh, certainly, I would I would ask Albertans to remain vigilant. Uh, we 
uh, are not out of the woods. We need to, particularly as, as the weather dries out and we see these conditions become more extreme, uh, continue to pay attention to um, the warnings that we're putting out there. Please continue to watch for uh, restrictions and bans and help us prevent any further wildfires. Colin, uh, if I could just uh, supplement and, and maybe I, I might ask Christy to come back. I think people need to understand the intensity uh, of these fires. And I, I would agree with what Christy had to say, although we, we certainly appreciate that there is rain. Um, we even appreciate probably that there's um, certain areas where there might be some intense rain. But uh, I think that people need to understand that, uh, you know, putting out these fires um, and the intensity of these fires, um, it, it, this, is, this is an enormous, almost Herculean effort uh, that takes a long uh, period of time in order to do this. So uh, certainly we, we hope that Mother Nature cooperates. We hope that uh, we can get that, that rain. Uh, that, and again, I do believe it helps. But I just think people need to understand that, that the intensity of, these fire, intensity of these fires are so strong that even a little bit of rain, um, you know, is, is certainly not going to extinguish them. I don't, know, I don't know if you can supplement that uh, any, Christy. I think it's just important people understand that. Absolutely. Thanks, Minister. Yeah, certainly uh, uh, a few scattered showers is not going to uh, reduce the number of wildfires significantly in the province. Uh, you're looking at um, months as far as extinguishing these wildfires. And of course, as long as wildfire is smoldering, there's the opportunity for wind to, to pick it up again. So uh, absolutely not the time to be complacent. Uh, we know that wildfires are, are a long-term project and it, it could be a significant amount of time before they're fully extinguished. So we always need to stay uh, cautious. And when you have a large, powerful wildfire, and especially in some of the terrain, if the wildfire is burning down into peat, it can be additionally difficult to extinguish in, in a short amount of time. So uh, certainly not the time to... Uh, to relax yet, and particularly with the conditions we're seeing coming. All right, operator, could you please put through the next caller? Alex McQuaid, Western Producer. Thanks for taking my call. Can you talk about the situation with the livestock producers, specifically livestock producers trying to access uh, their operations either for animal welfare issues or to protect their ranches. Uh, is that being allowed? Uh, how is that being operated? Do you need a permit? How do you get that permit? As much detail as you can provide regarding these situations. I think the first thing I'm going to ask uh, any of the producers to do is to get in contact with their local authority. It's important for them to provide them with that situational awareness of uh, where they are at, uh, what the things that they're looking at, and the factors that are concerning them. I know that with some of the, the communities that have been evacuated, there is really close co cooperation from the perspective of, uh, of livestock evacuation. So it's important for them to maintain that contact um, if there's something that's imminent and if, for Locations that have been evacuated, if they haven't been in contact with their local authority, I urge them to do so. 
Yeah, and I, I would just further uh, add that uh, certainly Minister Horner, and I apologize for, for not having a, a, somebody here from uh, agriculture, as we do have somebody here from education and energy. But, uh, you know, rest assured, the Alberta Emergency Management uh, Agency has been working uh, very closely uh, with uh, the agriculture um, uh, ministry uh, to make sure that um, uh, some of the issues that you have uh, raised uh, are, are being addressed. Um, I would just uh, reiterate what uh, Colin has uh, stated. For anybody that has any questions, certainly contact your, your local authority, um, uh, certainly one of the emergency uh, management folks there. Um, of course, 310-4455, uh, alberta.ca slash emergency are also options available to get uh, yeah, prudent information. And Alex, and just before we go to your follow-up. Sorry, Colin, let me yep. just add one more thing. Uh, because we, uh, as, uh, Colin, as Colin Blair mentioned, uh, we do have uh, a town hall uh, tonight uh, at 7.30. We've had, this is the third uh, night in a row, uh, we've had um, you know, thousands of, of people that have been calling in who are evacuees, uh, asking questions similar to the one that uh, the reporter uh, just uh, just asked. So uh, rest assured, uh, you know, we have folks from agriculture that are on there. They're able to answer these questions and make sure that we're helping folks. Thank you. And before we go to your follow-up, Alex, we'll look at getting someone from Alberta Agriculture here for tomorrow's updates. Uh, but do you have a follow-up question? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a carbon copy of what we saw in D.C., where you, we saw, you know, producers wanting to protect their animals, protect their livelihood by fighting the fires, doing things they know what to do, being able to take care of their animals. And it's doesn't seem like the lessons that were learned in BC in those wildfires where the agricultural sector were integrated into the emergency management of wildfires is being practiced here. I mean, is that the case? I, I, would, I would just argue that, that you know, um, the folks who we have two, we have two folks that are in cabinet who are ranchers um, and uh, both Minister Taves and of course, Minister Horner, and you know they've they have uh, raised uh, issues that are uh, similar to what you've raised that are being addressed by agriculture. So, again, I apologize for not uh, having somebody from agriculture here to give you a, a full detailed uh, explanation. Uh, the only thing I can say is to be rest assured that uh, the issues that you're raising are are being addressed, uh, and uh, we will uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, um, Colin to um, uh, get a follow up for you so you can. Um, uh, get an answer for you, hopefully today. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Uh, operator, could you please put through the next caller? Carly Robinson, City News. Hi, uh, just looking for some clarity to see the military. I just want to confirm they are here for wildfire fighting and not in a law enforcement role or in volunteering at evacuation centers at this time. Uh, correct. At this time, uh, not a law enforcement uh, role. Uh, I can um, I can tell you that uh, I've been in a regular constant contact with uh, Minister Blair. Um, as I indicated in one of my previous pre press conferences, uh, we were able to, um, uh, working with um, um, 
uh, Curtis Lablocki, who's the uh, commander of the RCMP here. We're, we have four, 40 officers. Uh, they're on their way. They haven't already been here, uh, uh, come here from Saskatchewan. Uh, but in working with Minister Blair, uh, they're looking at trying to get us additional resources uh, throughout Canada to get more RCMP officers into Alberta to provide uh, some of that security and uh, relieve some of the, uh, the pressures that are on our, our, our current uh, troops out there right now. Do you have a follow-up question? Thank you. Yes, I do. Um, on, on the education front, has there been a decision for students in impacted communities with standardized testing, with the diploma exams? Is there, is there a decision at this time and what's being done uh, around that? Yeah, good question. I, I, could we get our um, uh, folks from education? Um, I know uh, we can get them to answer that question. Um, good afternoon. Thank you for the question. I just want to assure parents and students that Alberta education is in frequent contact with school authorities and we are continuing to assess the situation as it evolves. This includes implications on exams and we continue to work on a daily basis with individual school divisions that are impacted um, in these evacuated, pardon me, evacuated areas. Parents and students could, should keep in close contact with their schools as that is the best source of information for them. And school authorities communicate in a number of ways and they have those tools available to them and whatever parents were using in the past to communicate with school divisions, they should continue to do so. Thank you. Okay, operator, could you please put through the next caller? Sarah Ryan, Global News. Hi, my question is for Minister Ellis. Um, can you give us, uh, I appreciate the numbers, thank you, the breakdown on the release dollars. Can you give us a sense of 6,500 um, applicants, uh, where are these people from? What what communities are you seeing? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the question. Uh, I, I, we might have to ask um, Colin Blair to come up. He might have some more detailed answers. I mean, obviously, it's it's from it's from all all the communities, of course, that have been uh, displaced. I mean, obviously, you know, just naming a few. Obviously, from the Drayton Valley uh, area, um, certainly uh, Fox Lake, just off the top of my head. But uh, maybe uh, maybe Colin, do you have any more uh, detailed uh, answers uh, for that question? I'm going to have to follow up uh, to get those details. I'll, I'll just put it that uh, it's based on seven days of being evacuated from the community. Uh, whether it's seven consecutive days or accumulation of seven days. So we'll follow up on that to get uh, some specific details about which communities of those are. And do you have a follow-up question? Thank you, I do. We're hearing from um, just a few residents at this point saying, you know, hey, I've applied for those funds. Some of them saying they applied a couple of days ago already on the 9th. I think they were announced on the 8th. Um, and, and they haven't got their money yet. We know that we heard Danielle Smith say, you know, they should have it 24 hours. Uh, what kind of wait times are we looking at right now from when people apply to when they will get that money? And have there been any hiccups with dispersing that money? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean... You know, I, I wish I could tell you that everything is is uh, perfect, uh, but uh, I can just, re you know, you can be rest assured that uh, we have, uh, you know, a top-notch organization, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, that uh, certainly is is working to make sure that people are getting this money uh, as soon as possible. Um, again, I encourage anybody, if, if there is a sort of, um, 
you know, uh, we'll call it a hiccup there. Uh, again, 310-4455, alberta.ca slash emergency. Please contact us. Again, uh, folks from social services uh, um, um, are, 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 are working to make sure that people are getting this money as soon as possible. I believe in my notes, um, you know, there's that, uh, um, you know, uh, direct e-transfer. But again, for some people that, uh, that where that's not possible, then again, there, I believe there's 16 uh, centers uh, stationed throughout the province to make sure that people can come and get some of those uh, um, uh, cards, those prepaid cards to make sure that they can help them out. So, um, you know, we're, we, we have a, a great organization, an Alberta Emergency uh, Management Agency. Um, uh, I, I cannot stress um, again, how unprecedented um, that these fires are. Um, again, there's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's localized and regional fires, and then, you know, as Christy mentioned, you know, there's 82 wildfires and 23 that are are completely out of control, which are displacing a, a disproportionate amount of people right now. So, uh, rest assured, uh, we have people that are working 24/7. Again, this is why we have. Um, um, these uh, town halls every night at 7.30 for evacuees uh, to make sure that they can call in, ask pertinent questions, get the answers that they need. Uh, and, you know, uh, if there are uh, issues at all within the system, uh, every official uh, representing every department is there so that it can be addressed uh, essentially immediately. Um, I, I don't call in. I don't know if you have a follow-up for that. Just a couple of uh, reminders there, there are a number of mechanisms that are available to get the funding to the evacuees. And as the minister has said, if people are having some dip difficulties or they're expecting to see funding, I would recommend that they contact 310-4455 and they will be directed to the, the appropriate person to assist them. And if you just want to email me um, regarding our commitment to follow up with you, we'll get back to you after this press conference. Um, I believe we have one more on the line. So, operator, can you put through our final caller, please? Robert Tuttle, Bloomberg News. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm wondering, uh, it seems like the fires have been concentrated in the north uh, west of the province. And the northeast, while there are some fires there, it doesn't seem to be um, as big a problem. I don't see any out-of-control fires. I wonder if there's a reason for that and if there's any reason to think that might change, uh, that the northeast of the province that was hit in 2016 real hard might uh, might get struck. Is there is there any reason to think it's going to be vulnerable? Thanks for the question. Yes, I mean the reason we've seen uh, fires um, flare up in the in the northwest of the province, particularly, and we have seen them across a, a, a vast uh, segment of the province. So certainly not just in that area. One of the truly extraordinary things about this year is that we have seen uh, wildfires almost up and down the province. Uh, there were a few. Uh, areas of the province that were less affected um, by wildfire. Uh, one of those so far has been uh, the northeast part of the province. And, and certainly the difference you would see there is because of the particular winds, uh, the, the different conditions that they were seeing. Um, and we have a very enormous landmass, and you can uh, see conditions vary. Looking ahead on this dry spell that is coming up, the hot and dry 
um, conditions that we're expecting over the weekend. Uh, certainly, we are seeing what we call crossover conditions across the whole north of the province. And, and all that means is that the temperature is higher than the relative humidity. And when we see crossover conditions, uh, what we can see is more extreme wildfire behavior. So certainly, uh, um, the, the, the uh, northeast has been uh, relatively less affected than other parts of the province uh, so far in the last week or so. But uh, that could certainly change because they will be seeing similar conditions to other parts in the north of the province. So uh, there could be an area to watch up there in the northeast as well. Do you have a follow-up question, Robert? Uh, yeah, so so basically this weekend there'll be, a, you said the, 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 the northeast until now has been, the conditions have been different. It's been, how has it been raining more or what, what is it that's prevented the fires um, there? We do have a lot of detailed environmental maps on our website. So if you're, you're interested in sort of the conditions that we've seen and how they would differ, I would recommend you look at the Alberta uh, wildfire website. We have a predictive services section that contains a, a wealth of data and maps on, on the kind of conditions that we look at, because these are all things that our, our team is watching constantly. But uh, certainly I can say, you know, um, there are a variety of factors. <clears throat> A lot of uh, wildfires are, are just caused by human interaction on the landscape. Some are caused by lightning. So when we see, uh, we have seen a few instances of, of less rain, but we're having lightning, and that can certainly concentrate wildfires in a particular area rather than uh, widespread. So uh, it's worth uh, having a look at some of the information that's on that website. All right. That's all the time we have. Please note a media situation report will be distributed later today. Thank you.